0: Remember in the host segment during the Manos Hands of Fate episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000, when they keep cutting back to Joel and the bots and they're just sobbing?
1: (laughs) I do, I do.
0: And then they cut to Dr. Forrester and he's like, he understands why they're sad, but also they have to keep going. Yes. Yeah, that's how I felt reading this book.
1: I do feel a bit like the Dr. Forrester in this situation.
0: And I think you should. And I don't Uh think you need to apologize. And I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed.
1: (laughs) Disappointed that I I suggest we read what might be the great American novel.
0: It might be the great American novel. I'm not going to dispute that. It's a very, very, very good book. It is also a wrenching read. I I say that it
1: might be the great American novel, not as a joke, Uh, but I finished this book and I was like, I think this book might fully encompass America. I think this book might be like the defining book of what it like. France has Les Mis and Spain has Don Quixote and Italy has Pinocchio for some reason. And I think America has the I think America has. Bridge to Terabithia by Katherine Patterson.
0: Uh, And why on earth would we be talking about Bridge to Terabithia in this The Year of Our Lord 2022? Uh, Because it is eternal. Okay, that's fair. Fair. (laughs) And because this is pizza toast. It is pizza toast. Somehow. Improbably. A podcast where we make each other
1: cry and then we feel good about it.
0: (laughs) It's more about like a YA and yeah. film and TV adaptations thereof. And we just keep talking about books.
1: We keep talking about book, keep talking about movie. In the case of this one, we're going to talk about uh, uh, tele- telefilm at some point.
0: <laughs> sure seems that way. And eventually, indeed, movie.
1: Yeah. And we're going to have to discuss eventually the entire career of Anna Sophia Robb, an actor who you forgot
0: existed. <laughs> I truly did not forget her because she does a pretty impeccable Veruca Salt in the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory.
1: Okay, but that was like 35 years ago.
0: Okay, that's fair. (laughs) I I remember it like it was yesterday.
1: (laughs) In fact, I think she did Veruca Salt the year before she did Bridge to Terabithia.
0: I Uh, remember being vaguely bothered by the casting choice of her because she is not boyish enough. But...
1: yeah. Uh, but she also can't wait played, to discuss
0: that later.
1: And they changed, of the course. Yeah, we'll discuss it later because they changed up the entire premise of Richard Terapithia in the new movie, newer movie. And uh, I guess they figured Anna Sophia Robb had already played enough of a corn cornpone dirt child in because of Win Dixie. So <laughs> uh, we'll, yeah, we'll have to get back to Anna Sophia Robb She is a she is a, an, an, a a sensation in and of herself. But who are
0: you? Oh, my name is Christy. What's your name? Uh, my name is Phil, and this is Pizza Toast. I... It is Pizza Toast. It is so far <laughs> afield from what we were originally doing, which I have always considered to be an excuse to talk about the Babysitter's Club way yeah. back in 2020. Uh, and we might get to do that again. At some we moment. might
1: get to. What's the news?
0: The news is that uh, the Babysitter's Club won a couple of Children's and Daytime uh, Emmys, and uh, one of them was the big one, the best series one. One, one for writing as well. Uh, all of our babysitters were in attendance yeah. uh, at these awards, it, except Malia Baker. I'm pretty sure, maybe,
1: maybe. Well, why is it really hard to tall. tell?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's very hard to tell. They all look like adults now, and that is actually was actually referenced by Rachel Kushner in the. Uh, yeah, so that can't possibly be her name. Did I pull that just now,
1: Rachel? Anyway. Anyway, the 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 showrunner,
0: the showrunner Rachel Kushner might be a novelist. Shookered. Rachel Kushner wrote a book I hated. Let's not talk about that.
1: But um. sugared is like the the inverse of Kushner. It's like you, <laughs> somehow it. It, in any case, what did she say about these she, delightful she young ones? She
0: said that this gave her hope that maybe we, they could do some kind of movie special, maybe a longer episode, uh, revisiting the girls because they did grow up very fast, which is the issue when you start filming 11 year olds because they rapidly become 12 year olds, 13 year olds, 14 year olds and look like different people. Yeah, three years,
1: which, of course, got us onto a brief discussion about which babysitter would accidentally drown in the ocean, thus kicking off the Babysitter's Club feature film where they all have to come together and solve the mystery of her death.
0: Babysitter Everlasting is what that would be called. Uh,
1: We determined it was Mallory.
0: It was definitely Mallory. Uh, No question. Uh, uh, I don't think Mallory is the Tibby, but I do think she, like you said, is the most likely to drown.
1: You're right, that is literally what she gets voted in high school in the year. Most
0: likely to drown. Most yeah, likely not elections. Accent. That's fun. Uh, <laughs> uh But uh,
1: speaking of the untimely death of of an otherwise <laughs> innocent child, uh Bridge to Terabithia. I feel bad for this book, and the reason I feel bad for this book is it has become like Return to Oz, a bit of a like pop cultural just sort of knee jerk punchline or touch like return to oz is the movie that everyone's like why were they we allowed to watch this as a child it ruined my psyche whereas when you watch return to oz you're like no it's actually a fairly well made complex movie with some frightening moments but not a thoughtless movie with frightening moments it's the 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 frightening parts of Return to Oz are very deliberate and meant to illustrate certain aspects of childhood, uh, whereas Bridge to Terabithia gets the knee-jerk, like, the saddest book ever written, whereas it's actually a very thoughtful book with a gut punch of a twist that is very deliberate and very respectful of children's emotions and feelings, uh, which is why it was written in the first place. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to go into that a little bit? Because I was not aware of the history, which doesn't uh, make that much sense, because the first time I read this book was when I was 21 years old, taking a children's literature class. And one would think that we would talk about why this book exists. But one would be wrong.
1: I want you to what, are, what am I doing with my hands? Phil
0: is rubbing his hands together so vigorously that he might start a fire.
1: I, I am. I am in a in a Scrooge McDuck esque Hunched over position, just rubbing my little hands in eager anticipation of feeling.
0: Pause. Getting a workout as you think about how now you get to talk about grief writ large <laughs> in the Patterson home.
1: <laughs> this book, uh, all do, all respect to the writers, the writer of this book, to, to to Catherine Patterson. This book blows me away because one of the things that Alana was upset we were covering this book originally because it's so sad. Uh, And then she was upset because this book is about, more or less, about a boy. And she Mm -hmm. was like, it is not the book about a boy, which is a totally different uh, exploration of grief. (laughs) But uh, it is about a boy. And she was like, I thought you people were supposed to do books about girls. She got very upset about it. And my response to that is, and Alana doesn't talk like that. She's very level-headed. But uh, my response to that statement is that in a in a sense this book is about uh, a woman because this is Catherine Patterson processing a very real grief that she was experiencing uh this as as the story goes and as she and her son have related in uh interview after interview um Catherine uh, Patterson who was born in the 1930s in China to missionary parents uh when she was five uh the japanese invaded and they had to flee to america so she grew up speaking chinese she grew up acknowledging that her like this was like a very traumatic experience for her as a child the most frightening thing that ever happened to her was watching like the japanese soldiers storm the like la- the 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 building where she lived like this the yard like they were running a her, and she had to be like swept up and like saved that's like one of her earliest memories she grew up speaking chinese she didn't learn english till they moved to america wrote books about the Asian experience basically always meant to move back to China, but then they closed the borders again. So like they, people couldn't, uh, so she grew up in America after that and, uh, was living in Tacoma park, Maryland, uh, a suburb of Washington. Uh, and in 1974, her son, David, uh, who was best friends with a little girl named Lisa Hill, uh, her son experienced the 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 horrible trauma when he came home one day and learned that while out on the beach with her family, uh, Lisa had unexpectedly been struck by lightning and killed at the age of eight, and it shocked the community. It wrecked the the community. Uh, it wrecked her son, and. Catherine Patterson, who was already an author at the time, has sat down and started processing her grief as the book, Bridge to Terabithia, um, and was told by her publishers that the child in the book could not die by lightning because... Uh, that would be seen as unbelievable by readers and as some critics have brought up later, would also be seen probably as a judgment because being struck by lightning is basically the literary equivalent of God saying you're you're dead. And that is a huge conversation in the book about, you know, what happens to a person who isn't religious when they die. Uh, does God love you if you're not a person who worships God, etc., cetera, et cetera. So she changed it to what happens in the book. Uh, and as David, her son, has said in many interviews, especially when they were interviewed on NPR uh, together, uh, the character of Jess, Jesse Ahrens, is not David. The character of Jess is His mother is Catherine Patterson, because this is a book very much about a woman trying to understand grief and then present this situation in a way that children can internalize it and uh, and understand it. So that is where we begin (laughs) with a book in which that doesn't even come up until like the last fifth of the book.
0: (laughs) The missionary history really paints this book in a more interesting light than it was Mm. already was just because i didn't i basically didn't remember this i did not remember this book almost at all in part because i did read it for a college class my final semester of senior year when i was working at the campus library finishing my english minor by taking three or four classes for it planning the wedding that i was going to be 50 percent of a month after graduation i had a lot going on and i also read the giver for that class mm-hmm. uh i read i wrote a paper on quentin blake i did a, i did a great many very fun things for that class and this book was just A blip on the radar like i got through it it's like this is very sad i will never come back to it and here we are here we are coming back (laughs) to it and i like it so much more this time and to say you like something this sad always feels weird but i really like the the end of this book is so nice (laughs) in Mm -hmm. such a in such a nuanced and delicate way that I didn't feel terrible when I finished it. And right right up until the last few pages, it just felt awful. Like no, (laughs) no tears, nothing just in total shock over what happens in this book, how Jess processes it or doesn't process it. Yeah. How his parents begin treating him in the wake of this. It's, it's, it's really gutting.
1: Yeah. Uh, How it, redeems multiple characters in the in the fallout of of the of the climax uh characters who have basically treated just like a nothing through yeah. much of the book and then you realize through the lens of this tragedy that they are not bad people they are simply people struggling like everyone else uh to survive because this is a book in which most of the characters are incredibly poor and mm-hmm. uh, on the poverty line, most of the time, many of them are suffering from like food insecurity, uh, abuse, um, uh, fa- parental abuse is sort of seen as a given, like, every child assumes they're being horrifically abused at home. Uh, there's just a few kids who are like, being criminally abused at home and like they they make that distinction as kids they're like oh wait no she is being abused to the extent that cops should be called but cops won't be called because we know to mind our own business um that's the world in which this book exists but it's not quite a crap sack world uh like there's beauty in this world and the kids are just it's just a hard scrabble life
0: yeah uh uh, leslie and her parents are the only people who don't struggle with any kind of poverty. Uh, right. <laughs> and they are naturally uh incredibly generous people, but that is not something that is right away seen or accepted by the community surrounding them. But
1: Rightfully so, I think. I would agree.
0: They feel like outliers and outcasts for a reason. Mm-hmm.
1: They are they are slumming it, basically.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, in a in a in a, this book, Bridge <laughs> Bridge to Terabithia. Uh, 1977's Bridge to Terabithia, uh which I read in uh, probably 4th grade I think, 3rd or 4th grade. Uh, it was Oh, assigned. this
0: one actually hit you where you lived like when you read it, you re- Ugh.
1: This book was an assigned book. This was a book yeah. we read in school. Uh the controversial Bridge to Terabithia, a book that has been challenged each and every year since it's been published. Uh Yeah,
0: I hate that. We Yeah. <laughs> I- uh
1: and Catherine Patterson hated talking about it. In the NPR interview, they ring it up and she was like, oh, I was afraid you're going to bring this
0: up. <laughs> um, she shouldn't have to talk about that. It's very uh, it's very unreasonable to challenge a book that is so emotionally honest in such yeah. a way that, this. Is, yeah, I guess, uh, like, I, I'm going to keep talking about how traumatizing it is because it is. Uh, but it is not in a way that I, I find unwelcome.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not. Uh, it's not self-indulgent this is not Mm -hmm. i hate to i I bring her name up again this is not a lurleen mcdaniel book this is not this is not tragedy porn no not at all uh yeah only through having read the whole book then going back do you understand all the foreshadowing to the tragedy but it's Mm -hmm. literary foreshadowing there's no like this, this is not doom and gloom like prophesying this is just like there are things dropped in throughout the throughout the entire lead up that when you read it later on you see like oh, Catherine Patterson is doing a really good job at sort of building a subtle air of 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 looming disaster without you even knowing it. So I read this when I was a little kid uh with of course no spoilers, not even knowing what was going to happen. Uh I got to that moment and I couldn't believe what happened i wouldn't believe what happened very much like jess i essentially read the next part of the book thinking something was going to have been wrong like people were mistaken it got to the point where then he then hits his sister in the face he slaps Maybelle. uh who is the only other like really delightful character in the book
0: she's a she's a very normal kid yeah, and he has He's... a soft spot for her because mm-hmm. he has four sisters, and fifty percent of them are terrible. <laughs> and
1: one's a toddler.
0: <laughs> and one's a toddler, and then you have Maybell.
1: And he slaps Maybell, which is was to me as a child like equally like tra- shocking and traumatic. Oh
0: yeah, it's and, jarring.
1: Yeah, and that was the moment that woke me up as a reader, and I realized it was all real. And I didn't cry as a kid, uh, but it, it was one of those books that stuck with me. And then I put it down after I was done and I never read it again until this week or the end of last week and this week. But I, I remember like, as I was reading it, oh, and then I saw, I saw the TV movie. And then on years ago, I watched most of the newer movie. And then I was like, I don't need this in my life. Uh, (laughs) But, as I was reading it, I was like, I remember all of this. like I remembered as it was happening, I was like, yeah, 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 yeah this this book is brilliant
0: It's so good. I put this time I put off reading it till the absolute last minute because I knew that it was going to make me very sad. Mm-hmm. sometimes it feels really nice to be really sad mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is a this is one of those cases where it doesn't feel like wallowing because. The sadness is sharp, and it is brief. This is a children's book in the sense... I mean, it is a children's book, broadly. Yes. Acknowledged. But also it is in the sense that it is a short read. Um, mm-hmm. And for me, it ends really abruptly, right when I want to read even more about what is going to happen next. Yeah. And that leaves it on such a higher note than it could.
1: Right. There's very... There's no denouement.
0: No. No, and that's yeah. part of why this time around I liked it more, and it had more of an impact. Because, I mean, like, we're, yeah, should probably actually walk through it before I'm like, and then the ending. Yeah. <laughs> so this is,
1: <laughs> this is Bridge to Terabithia. It's a story of, of Jess Aaron's, who is, who is 10. Uh, he is along with the rest of his family uh he wants to draw he loves to draw he's a creative kid uh but that's seen as as not only a sign of weakness in this community and in his family it's seen as a sign of like i hate to use the word but like effeminacy yeah. Uh, yeah. uh you 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 feel like he has been called certain names by his father uh that are that are uh, extremely hurtful um, because he, he he's not seen as, as manly, even though he is literally the only one in this family who does chores.
0: <laughs> he does manual labor, yeah. and he is the only child who deigns to do so. And I understand why the toddler doesn't. I understand why the six-year-old doesn't. But man, do I resent his older sisters. They're just... A... And I know that this is also how they are presented, because yeah. this is from Jess's point of view, but they sound rotten. They sound yeah. mean. <laughs>
1: He's got two older sisters, Ellie and Brenda, who are, all they do is whine. All they do is ask for stuff that they can't afford. Uh, all they do is complain. And uh, all they do is poke horrible fun and judge other people uh, when they themselves are no are no prizes. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes, because uh, Jess gets a lot of, I mean, he gets a lot of, like, fly from everyone that's just uh that's just his whole thing for a while at the beginning of the book until he meets leslie and until he accepts that leslie is his friend uh just so so bummed for him (laughs)
1: it's amazing to me reading this book uh how much this book like i didn't realize until i was reading it and we've now read a bunch of you know ya lit how much this book is like a fulcrum around which why literature rotates mm-hmm. uh, star girl uh is my go-to example now because star girl is essentially a rewrite of bridge to terabithia mm-hmm. in a very many ways the premise is the same uh the the sort of like inner turmoil of the main character is the same and uh, the the trauma at the end the the tragedy that occurs is not the same but has a lot of the same effect at the end of the book. uh, And it ends with the main character's best friend disappearing and Mm -hmm. not being a part of his life and him having to pick up the pieces. I find Stargirl to be in a very sharp conversation with Bridge to Terabithia. uh, But also Bridge to Terabithia is in a conversation with the Chronicles of Narnia, and like to an explicit degree. And Mm -hmm. like sort of like children's literature at the beginning of the 20th century into the beginning of the 21st century... Uh, kind of rotates around this book. This book kind of formed the the basis on how to k- deal with tragedy in contemporary children's literature, how to respect a child's emotions and present to them the harsh realities of life without scaring them, but also without talking down to them. I'm just amazed like that this book just sort of sits right there in the late 70s.
0: This is also a book that, if it were released now with no preamble, like this is a... 2022 release that no one has ever heard of before you would almost have to classify this book as literary fiction in the same way you would with star girl because the language is poetic without being Mm -hmm. flowery it's like it is an inner monologue that you think oh this cannot possibly be a 10 year old boy doing this and yet the emotions are so authentic and feel so real to like with what a child would experience when hit with tragedy because yeah. he doesn't know what he's doing, but this inner monologue is just so gorgeous. And every, every time there's like a, there's a stretch of just thinking to himself uh, about something that is, uh, that isn't like his teacher or <laughs> like how mad he is that he doesn't get to draw or any, or how he's upset that he's not the fastest boy in the fifth grade anymore. Yeah, and every time think, it's like I'm so swept up in it.
1: Right, I think a lot of that comes from uh, having an author, Catherine Patterson, mm-hmm. who believes that the hearts and the minds of children are poetry. Who yes. who is like this is this isn't literally how children think, but this is in their in the at the purest essence. This is how complex children are. Uh, mm-hmm. Beverly Cleary wrote in a much simpler language, but she also had this profound respect for the inner lives of children which is why her books i believe stuck around as long as they have because there's no sense that anything a child feels is 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 has any reason to be shameful or embarrassing uh and and as this book will show down to the 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 hearts of of what's going on in a bully's, like the worst child in school like what is happening to them Mm -hmm. um you can tell that Catherine patterson like just respects that and wants to shield all children from hurt, but also knows that you can't shield all children from hurt. <laughs> um, she said someone said like this book uh, in the in one of the interviews, someone said uh, uh, you know this book is so sad. it's it can be you know like scary for children, but it, it's also for many kids, the first book that deals with death for a lot of oh, kids. Yeah and she says and this like like brought a lump to my throat when she read it she was she's like i i hope that it is the first time a child deals with this like i hope that when a child first reads this book they haven't experienced this in their life yet like that's like like she like just you can tell that she just she wants this to be a child's gateway to pain and not their actual lives, like, mm-hmm. and I'm just like that makes sense. Like that, like, she does not want a child to experience what her son experienced, You're right? Like that's that made me just like, what a what a beautiful like sentiment for this like woman who at the time she said that was in her 70s uh, to have to have gone through. Um, yeah. So what happens in this book? This this
0: <sighs> the old Perkins place is mm-hmm. the kind of farmhouse. That is near where Jess. Are we calling him Jess or Jesse? I keep calling him. Uh, both. both. It's,
1: it's, it's, interesting. they call him both in the yeah, book. Yeah, they
0: call him both. So he and his four siblings and his mother and father. And his father is a. Like a long haul trucker, right?
1: Yeah. Uh... That's, a,
0: I guess, a, the easiest way to term it. So his father is fairly absent, but he is the one making their family money, and he's not making a lot of it, and he does get laid off at some point. Right, he's
1: always that. having to go down to Washington, they say. Yes. They live in Virginia, and he's having to go to Washington for work.
0: Yes. Yeah. So, one day, like, Jess, uh, Jess's goal right now, at the very beginning of the book, the thing that seems most important to him, is that he would like to be the fastest boy in the fifth grade. Mm-hmm. And He wants to be the fastest boy, like, at his school. So he has been running every day in between, you know, milking the cow and doing literally every other chore that (laughs) needs to be done at a farm. And during one of these, I think it's when he is milking Bessie or is he about he's about to go milk Bessie. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: He sees uh, like some uh, kid and her parents have moved in next door and he cannot tell at first if Leslie... Mm -hmm. Uh, the pure and perfect Leslie, uh, the most wonderful character aside from her father in this book. <laughs> uh, Leslie's sitting on the fence uh, at the old Perkins place. She and her parents have moved in. They've moved from more uh, Tony area by yeah. a long shot. Uh, her father—what does her father even do? Like, they're both writers. I, I know that her right. mother is a novelist. Her writer or er, er, her father is nonfiction so he makes yeah. uh he's working on things less frequently uh mm-hmm. and her mother is obviously very successful and they both have long hair they both have long hair they're hippies they are yeah. automatically dismissed as hippies by um everyone <laughs> yes and particularly jess's parents who of course feel insecure about their status in contrast to uh
1: jess's parents this. who you might describe as dour
0: oh my goodness these parents uh Look, we've met a lot of parents Yeah, on this podcast. Uh, some good, some bad. Initially, these ones, bad. I'm going to go ahead and parents. say it. Uh, I do have to say,
1: you know, parents who are trying to support five children, two of whom are the worst children. Yeah. Uh, no,
0: and-, and it's it mostly manifests itself in how they treat because yes, they don't know what to do with him, basically. Right.
1: So, that, so that translates as uh, criticize every single thing he does from sunup to sundown. Even when he does his chores on time, uh, criticize that they could have been done sooner. But also don't ever yell at him. Just constantly speak, mutter in a disappointed tone of voice to him.
0: Sounds bad. Sounds like a yeah. bad situation, he's in. So he meets Leslie, mm-hmm. sort of. They talk. Doesn't really uh, catch any real information about her. <laughs> yeah, and she uh, she sees him running. She is clearly going to like make some kind of like she is going to befriend him if it's the last thing she does. <laughs> it is the first thing we know about Leslie.
1: Yeah, and, and uh, she ends up uh, befriending him after beating every boy in in their in their daily foot races. Uh,
0: which this, by the way feels evergreen this yeah. feels like a thing that the kids would do on a playground now <laughs>
1: yeah yeah they they the girls go off and do one thing the boys split off have races to see who's the fastest uh and and yeah this is like the beginning of the school year so like yeah right out of the gate he's got to like put he's been training all summer for this
0: he has uh, he just he runs he runs every day his sister sees that he runs maybelle who is six five or six yeah
1: yeah, kindergarten
0: age. She loves him. He loves her. He uh except later when he very briefly does not. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But well, what's interesting is that
1: he stands up for Leslie who wants to run. And yeah. he doesn't want her to run, but he doesn't want to back down in the face of the older kid. And so he inadvertently stands up for the new girl and who no one else is standing up for because she's odd. Yeah. And she ends up just creaming them all in.
0: in Of course. Of course she does. And uh, Jess, uh, just pride is wounded by this, but in fairly short order. Yeah. They become friends. Like, (laughs) yeah.
1: Uh, And if you, and if you think that him not being the fastest kid at the school, isn't going to come back in heartbreaking form at the end of the book, you're Mm. wrong. It'll be, we will be reminded of it. And our hearts will break again, and we will cry in the car and the parking lot at Burger King again.
0: (laughs) Some of us will cry on the subway train. Some Uh of us will cry in the smoking park next to their office building again later in the day. Some of us will cry in the car outside their office building five minutes before
1: a meeting that he's been called in for. Uh Uh, Thank God he's wearing a mask so that they don't see his runny nose.
0: We had a great Monday, uh, Tuesday. (laughs) <laughs> Today's Tuesday.
1: <laughs> Today's Tuesday.
0: It was a Monday. <laughs> uh, time isn't real. So, you know where else time isn't real? Terabithia.
1: <laughs> yeah, they, they created a, a a fantasy land called Terabithia that you get to in the woods by taking a, a rope, swinging on a rope across a shallow creek, uh, a very a very innocuous, very lovely shallow creek that will in no way come back. Nothing
0: nothing bad will happen because of this creek.
1: Uh, because of this creek or this rope. Uh, it was almost as if there maybe should have been a
0: bridge of some sort to Terabithia. So Terabithia is their kingdom. Uh, This is when we get into the explicit like Chronicles of Narnia references because Leslie is very well read, perhaps because her parents love to read, love to write. That is exactly why. And also she's very, she's very into fantasy worlds and she wants to create something like Narnia, Something like where they can be a king and a queen, and uh, they make a castle. It's just a playhouse, uh, mm-hmm. presumably. They uh, she learns that Jess can create beautiful art because apparently he's quite talented. It sounds yeah. like he's quite talented. I mean, at least uh,
1: quite talented for like a ten-year-old.
0: Yeah, well, there's a and there's a teacher who takes him under uh, under her wing. They will learn more about later. Uh, he's in love with her. This is yeah. all you need to know at this point in the story. Uh, and she plays this land is your land for the yeah. children. Yeah.
1: <laughs> hippies Hippies arrive in this town and disrupt everything. Hippies arrive in this town and tragedy occurs is kind of the, the theme. because <laughs> if it the wasn't, theme, yeah. If it wasn't for the three hippies in this book, the teacher and the two parents, none of this would ever have happened. <laughs>
0: <You know> the, <laughs> that is
1: true. That's actually <laughs> true.
0: Uh, the... the Kind of front end of the book, I don't even see like the first, I guess two thirds of it are just Jess and Leslie being best friends.
1: Yeah, in a in a in a great way, like you said, they they create Terabithia. Uh, you know, it's uh, mostly Leslie who starts off creating Terabithia, of course, uh, based on the 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 Terabithia from the Chronicles Mm -hmm. of Narnia.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: but which I believe Catherine Patterson didn't realize she did until later on they were like so did you get this from Terebinthia?" and she was like what the what now (laughs) it goes to the book she's like oh you gotta be kidding yeah i guess it did come from narnia which is thematically appropriate but uh it's great but one thing i remember when i read this as a kid was i didn't i mean i was an imaginative kid but i didn't i was not one of these kids i wasn't like we're gonna create fantasy lands and wonderlands and the whole world is our stage i was more internal i was a very just like in my head kid but this never struck me as forced. It seemed mm-hmm. like a thing that kids would do. Come to find out, it's based on the fact that this is what David Patterson and his his little his late lamented friend would do um, when they were kids. It's it's you know I'm sure Catherine Patterson embellished it and made it a little more fantastical. But uh, but it's 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 we get these little passages where we discover. Sort of the the mythology of Terabithia, where they're the king and queen, and and mm-hmm. uh, uh, they are kind rulers. They have they have taken control of a world in which they have no power, and have created a world in which they are the rulers, and they are just, and they fight the monsters, and no one gets away with anything because justice is swift but always fair. Um
0: Terabithia is just for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jess will not allow Maybell to enter this realm. Nobody knows that they're doing this. Like no, like this is not something that they tell anyone about. Uh, Maybell knows that he runs off, uh, but yeah. is, she is not allowed to follow. And time passes like <laughs> the yeah. The year goes He's, by. Yeah, time goes by. Uh, Christmas time hits. Uh, there's a lot of tension at Jesse's home because. Yeah. Nobody can really buy any gifts for each other. He can't buy anything for Leslie with the small amount of money that he's been allotted. And he knows that Leslie is going to get him something wonderful. Because he's not close to the parents yet. He's not really like in with her family yet. Uh, But he is well aware that she's wealthy enough that she will do something kind and extravagant for him. And she does. She gets him. uh, She gets him paints. She gets him nice paper. Uh, this leads to the moment I find saddest and most upsetting in the book. Later, but again, we'll, <laughs> love, we'll get there. And he gets her a puppy. Yeah, Prince Tarion. Prince Tarion. Did you did you have the did you audiobook or did you read? I did both. Okay. Did you have illustrations in yours? Yes, I did too. And I really which, loved
1: them. Which edition of the book do you have?
0: I did a Kindle this time.
1: Oh, you did a Kindle. I have. I don't know if you can see it.
0: That That is going to be the same illustrations then. Yeah, because that's I have the, the
1: Avon seven. Camelot. I believe that those are the Donna Diamond illustrations are the original illustrations. Yeah. Uh, this is the actual, not the actual copy, but this is the edition I, I grew up with, the mm, Avon Camelot, mm-hmm. with, with the mm-hmm. weird shadowy kids on the front. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so the illustrations you were saying about, about Prince. The puppy.
0: That was the yeah. first one I remember. This is so, so cute. Uh, his name, they name him Prince Terrian. The Prince of Terabithia. Yep, that's the one. That's the one. He looks like a pug, but he (laughs) grows too big to be a pug. Yeah.
1: The coming of Prince Tarion. (laughs) Yes.
0: And they call him PT a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, and he just kind of bounds along with them when they go to Terabithia.
1: Yeah. Not unlike E.T., your favorite movie.
0: (laughs) That's a the like when do we get to like novelizations of books? We did it once (laughs) with the Babysitters Club. We can do it again uh yeah so uh christmas comes christmas goes somewhere in there uh there's this bully janice Mm -hmm.
1: janice avery
0: janice avery she sounds rotten like the like his sisters but we find out in her case she is her home life is even worse than everybody else's so janice
1: is an interesting bully because she's large and imposing they make a lot of fun of her weight Mm-hmm. Uh, behind her back mm-hmm. um, this is a book from the late 70s so there are some weight comments that are not the coolest uh but
0: it is truly not nearly as bad as it could be like, no it's, it isn't it is it's mostly she's bigger than other girls in her class and uh, I can speak to the experience of growing up quicker, like a like becoming a bigger person <laughs> earlier than a lot of people did in elementary and middle school, and it's no picnic. Uh, yeah. But she has the there's this added impediment for her where she is the meanest girl.
1: Right. She shakes down the smaller kids for their lunch money. She steals Maybell's
0: Twinkies from. Yeah, her of course lunch. she does.
1: Of course she does, because Maybell didn't shut her yap about
0: it. <laughs> They won't show up on those Twinkies. Why did she get Twinkies in the first place? She got
1: Twinkies. She got she she was so excited. She just yelled about them on the bus. And so and, and I love that Jesse and Leslie are like, she's gonna get Twinkies stolen <laughs> at And of course she does. They get stolen. And uh they decide to get revenge on uh on Janice. And the way they get revenge is they write her a love letter from a boy she has a crush on. She believes it, uh, and she goes to meet the boy. And finds out, of course, that it was all fake. She's humiliated. And they think they feel kind of bad. Like Jesse feels kind of bad. He's like, "Eh." you know, like we got back at her, but was that cool? And then what happens is they find her crying in the girl's room. So Mm -hmm. Leslie goes in to see what's up. We'll come to find out she's crying because she gets just viciously abused at home by her father. She made the, I guess, political mistake at this school of mentioning that to her best friends who just told the entire class. And that's one of those weird things that we were talking about at the beginning where the trauma isn't that she's being beaten. The trauma is that you will not get any sympathy for this from anyone. And in fact, you will be ridiculed for it if anyone finds out that it upsets you. And that's what happens to to janice
0: Mm -hmm. so leslie gives her great advice and leslie is forgiven forever gets a crooked smile from janice on the bus later the advice being uh pretend you don't know what your friends are talking about yeah and this will go away and it seems to it seems to get better right away
1: and I love that Leslie is talking to Jesse afterwards and she's like, I told her to just pretend like it doesn't bother you and they'll go away. Was that good advice? Was it good advice? He's like, how do I know? She's like, I need to know that I gave her good advice. And he's like, I don't know. Did it seem to make her happy? She's like, yeah. Well, then it's good advice. And I love that. I love that logic. It's like, did it work? <laughs> well, then, yeah, you gave her good advice. <laughs> and, of course, there's things going. This is There is a Berenstain Bears book that is about this where, called Berenstain Bears and the Bully. Where the bear Tuffy is beating up all the other kids, and you find out at the end that it's because she's being abused at home. Uh. And and uh, it's it's a it's a tough book. It doesn't work, uh, but it's a very famous book uh, because you never hear from Tuffy again. I think she gets kicked out of school. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a it's not handled well, but it's a very famous Fyrenstein bear Bears book. So the theme of this bully is only being a bully because they're being abused. Is a bit of a trope. It's not always true. Sometimes bullies are bullies for other reasons. Um,
0: Sometimes bullies uh, uh, are still not great, even if there is that outside yeah. factor. Right. Uh you abuse- Stranger Things? Have you ever heard of this show?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: They tried to give this uh, this irredeemable character a redemption arc by showing him get like uh, like there was one scene of abuse from his father. And yeah. I was like, uh, yeah, but he did like...
1: He's was, a horrible person.
0: He's awful. Like, there's nothing redeemable about this character, and yet...
1: And yet... I mean... Spoilers for Stranger Things. He still gets a bit of... <laughs> he still gets a... <laughs> uh, spoilers! Torn apart by a monster at the end of season three. End of Spoilers! <laughs> <laughs>
0: We're talking about billy it doesn't matter if we talk about it. anything that happened before this latest season and even then doesn't everyone know how it ended uh yeah uh
1: yeah uh i read the uh, the prequel novel about about billy and uh about billy and max uh the, the world's the YA, okayest show the YA. Prequel. i like stranger things thank you <laughs> I like Stranger Things. I like ET. I like Gremlins.
0: I've seen every episode of Stranger Things. I'm just saying, like, it feels specifically engineered to appeal to as many people as possible without being their favorite show.
1: Well, apparently Wednesday is the new Stranger Things. That's all. Okay, I'm not,
0: yeah, I'm not going to engage with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's none of my business.
1: Uh, well, speaking of
0: strange
1: little girls from weird families, <laughs> Leslie uh is want to talk is... about her
0: parents can we talk about bill can we talk about bill? let's talk about bill uh so this it almost happens in vignettes right like it obviously it flows like the passage of time but like to me there's there's them getting to know each other like they're creating a with you there's christmas mm-hmm. and then there's janice avery and then there's bill and yeah. uh jess really realizing he is jealous of bill as they are renovating their the old perkins place and uh leslie is heavily involved in this process and it means that she cannot always spend time with jess and she notices that jess is getting jealous and she says a thing that he then realizes is the most obvious thing in the world well you could come over sometime if you want it yeah And And yeah, at this point, he realizes he is useful and he gets positive reinforcement from an adult who is not the teacher he has a crush on.
1: Right. He, uh, Bill is not as handy. Uh, No. uh, One thing that really sticks in my craw and it's supposed to stick in your craw is that early on, he's talking to, uh, uh, Jess is talking to Leslie and uh, he he mentions the fact that they've moved into this house that no one ever stays in for very long, and mm-hmm. uh, because it has a farm attached to it, and there's just no way to get crops out of this land. Uh, he's like, even my, you can't farm productively. Even my dad has to like work a job because you can't make money off of a farm here. And she says, "Well, money's not a problem." And it and it goes into this like sort of internal monologue for him where he's just like he couldn't fathom money not being a problem. He's like, money. Is the problem is everyone's problem in this mm-hmm. town, and 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 it's true. Like uh, negligent parents aside, money is the problem in this town. Like nobody has it, and he couldn't understand. And also, Leslie has no television. So and she doesn't, and she gets made fun of for it. But she doesn't have a television because they're poor. She has a television because they are so well off that they uh they have interests beyond television. That's poison for the mind. Whereas. In this town television is one of the only things there is to do is watch TV. Like even the poorest kids have a TV because there's just nothing else. Mm-hmm. And and it reminds me of when I was in my early 20s I went through this whole like snooty McDonald's isn't food phase. Like like oh McDonald's like and it was one of my friends who was finally just like you know not like didn't like hit me over the head with it but basically was just like for a lot of people this is food. Like this is it is food. Like you look down your nose at people who eat a certain kind of food because you have the privilege of not eating it. Because right. you can make the choice to to not eat that kind of food whereas for many people this is the calories that get them through to right. their next meal.
0: Right? Because and, that is what a lot of people can afford. Yeah. It's still at a lower price point than pretty much anything else. Also it's good. Also like it, if you eat like a very like uh like, I don't know like a, if you eat the best possible food like the the food you would get a I don't know like a Whole Foods or something like that I'm just gonna just throw that out there as an example. It not only costs more, it doesn't have some of the nutritional value or indeed the calories of a McDonald's meal. You're gonna is... have
1: to eat more of it to get the the energy right required to go through your nine to five job. Uh, and I bring this up because. Uh, jesse's uh uh, leslie's family is kind of operating at that level
0: uh they have the yes i would also say they are somewhat oblivious to the fact that they are doing that
1: definitely
0: oblivious and i don't think it makes them bad people even though i do think being rich is bad bad uh that is not it wouldn't have been a thought i had as a kid certainly right uh it resonates more now where it's like oh uh income inequality is absolutely inescapable um and this town right like the money is the problem and for her to come in and not have an issue with that it's off-putting for him and then he meets the parents and they are so like i mean he meets the parents initially he gets to know the parents he gets to love the parents but we do continue to see like oh money is not a problem here at all he
1: he gets to know bill judy is always shut up in her room trying to write yeah, and she's i sort writing of
0: a novel she's very busy i
1: sort of get the the feeling and it, this might be i might be totally off base i sort of got the feeling that there might be mental health something with judy Mm-hmm. There's something going on with the Burks that we never uncover because right. we find out at the end that that Leslie tells Jesse, we moved here because my basically my parents wanted to get away from the hustle and bustle of the city. And we find out from Bill and Judy that they moved down there for the for Leslie, mm-hmm. for for some reason for Le- like I want to believe that there is a family history here that we aren't privy to because we're not supposed to be privy to it because it's their business right um but they are a more complex family than we even discover throughout the run of this book
0: i would assume there's something going on there and it's also one of those things where because it's written from jess's perspective we wouldn't know about the interior lives of the parents beyond anything they give away to
1: him right
0: and what we find out is yes bill is not handy Uh, bill and neither is Leslie. She's not helping him a lot either. It's mostly right. uh, weighing in on the color of the paint that they're using. That sort of yeah. thing. And, fi- uh, yeah, come to find out, Jesse's helpful. And Bill tells him that. And yeah. as as a result, he spends more and more time there. And it's lovely. Which-
1: which his parents notice, but they don't have time to care about. As long as he gets his chores done,
0: of course. Uh, right. The
1: he's biggest fear well with his yeah, I was going to say the biggest the biggest fear his parents seem to have is that uh, that Leslie's family will look down their nose at them.
0: This uh, is especially true with his mother, with Justin mother, right. because she wants to be dismissive of them, but she desperately wants their approval.
1: Well, yeah. Her, his mother is very lonely as well. His
0: mother is so sad.
1: Yeah, she's only at home. You only ever see her at home, cooking, cleaning, uh, arguing with the sisters, just trying to keep the household in order. Uh, so she comes across as very like, mean, mm-hmm. but you you get a little more perspective on the parents and you realize like they're just struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, then Easter happens yes. and Leslie asks to go with jess's family to church the, the one day a year they go to church which is on <laughs> easter which is another thing because they don't have this is where we find out the father's lost his job they don't have the money to buy new clothes for easter which is like the one time a year they all get nice new clothes uh jess uses the fact that he's not getting new clothes as leverage to ask if leslie can come along uh, and his mother's like, fine, fine. Does she have anything to wear? Because she only wears like overalls and like mm-hmm. like ra- run around clothes. And he's like, yeah, she has dresses. She shows up for Easter. She's a she's a a picture of beauty. <laughs> um, goes to church with him, and this is where the big conversation about God happens in this book. And one of the reasons this book gets challenged in so many schools is the is the besides the very few mild cuss words in it is this discussion about the nature of God and what does it mean if you aren't a churchgoer or a, if you don't even believe in God to your immortal soul?
0: She, the things Leslie says here about faith, and it's, this is a more nuanced discussion of religion <laughs> than I have seen uh like, people I know have, yeah. honestly. Like the, uh, uh, Before I forget, I think it's very charming that she compares Jesus to Aslan, and she knows about Aslan before yeah. she knows Jesus.
1: She, that is amazing.
0: I really loved that. That's one of the only times I really, like, laughed at this book. This is very good. She talks about how she thinks from the outside, she thinks this thing she doesn't believe in is beautiful. Whereas it is just like mundane to just because this is something that he knows and has lived with and it's just so foreign to her and you get into also Maybell is there and convinces herself that Leslie is going to go to hell because she is not saved
1: uh yeah and that'll she, never
0: come up again
1: that'll never come up again uh <laughs> she says that you know she has the luxury of finding the beauty in the story of Jesus's death right because she's because she doesn't have any like like belief in it whereas they only see the horror of jesus's death in the story because they have to live with it it's yeah it's a a fascinating talk about about faith and religion and the soul and what is going to happen what and as Maybell says but what if you die leslie what if you die end of chapter and we as readers are sitting there going yeah what if you die (laughs) <laughs> yeah huh that's a thought what a thing what a thing to introduce in this book and make us huh hmm when she's yeah gonna circle back on that one we'll put a pin in that
0: she she can't die yet because first we have to have this uh we have to have the foreshadowing of the creek rising the
1: creek starts to rise it starts creek raining starts to a
0: rise lot. and Jess has to get whisked away by the woman of his dreams
1: so we have a few things that are coming into play here. Yeah. The woman of his dreams, the the beautiful Miss, what's her name? Plemons, Jesse
0: Plemons. What's her name?
1: Edmonds. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> Zoe Deschanel.
1: So, yeah, played by Zoe Deschanel in the movie.
0: Actually, good casting. Uh,
1: yeah. I've not Imagine, seen the movie
0: yet, but I yeah. will say that that feels right.
1: Imagine you are a child whose parents watch The New Girl, and every once in a while you wander into the room, and your heart goes thump 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 thump. That is basically what's happening to Jesse. He has a crush on a teacher, which is a totally normal thing. Uh, I
0: had so many crushes on teachers. It yeah, of great. course he did. Yeah.
1: Of course he did.
0: All we'll those sexy, about- sexy teachers. <laughs> They're so smart.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: They're so pretty? I don't know. <laughs> I apparently don't know. I don't know who your teachers were. <laughs> apparently, she's very pretty. She, is, she has blue eyes. She wears eye makeup, but no lipstick. <laughs> It's a big yeah. deal to everyone,
1: and unlike all the other teachers in the school, she treats the students like collaborators instead right. of instead She's of. She's the music teacher,
0: of course. And did did you, you have a music teacher? This was yes. This was a I w- couldn't stop thinking about her during this book, uh, during the passages that were about Miss Evans. Had a music teacher named Mrs. Coleman, who we all loved, and music yeah. class was the highlight of the week because she was. Oh, she was bubbly. She was effervescent. She was everything that every other teacher wasn't. Like she had a sense of whimsy and we were obsessed with her. Yeah. She was yeah, very we... like not unlike this character. Not the was crush she your... archetype, but just perfect. Yeah.
1: Was she your music teacher all through elementary school? A lot of
0: it. Uh and yeah. she eventually left the school and somebody else came in and I was not a fan. Nope. <laughs> no.
1: Uh we had we had two Music teachers, the upstairs music teacher and the downstairs music teacher. So, if you had upstairs classes, you had Mrs. Peoples, and which is her real name. Good name. And if you were, if you had the downstairs music teacher, you had Mrs. Barica, which is an awesome name. We had Mrs. (laughs) Mrs. Barica. She was awesome, older woman. I mean, I was a kid. Of course, all the kids' teachers were older. Uh, she had gray <laughs> hair is what I remember. Wonderful. We loved Mrs. Berica. She was awesome. She showed us this film strip of Don's Macabre every Halloween that terrified me with dancing skeletons. Uh, we loved Mrs. Berica. Uh Mrs. Peoples was a mystery, but every once in a while the classes would combine, like around Christmas time. We'd all sing Christmas carols together. And all i remember about Mrs. Peoples. She seemed like a lovely woman. Uh, she was younger, but she was clearly the I am vocally trained teacher because (laughs) my memory of her is she'd be like, all right, now it's time to sing Jingle Bells. And we'd all start singing and she would sing over us and she would sing every song like this jingle bells jingle bells jingle all the way and we'd be like no it's not how you sing christmas carols she'd be like in a manger. like oh she knows how to sing like operatically so she did but she was a lovely woman we all we still appreciated mrs people she was great uh, but yeah music teachers are magical beings they are they are and they
0: let you sing in school they let you sing in school in this case they let you sing Protest songs in school. That's right. That's well, right. they strum a guitar.
1: <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So she's is her relationship with Jesse. Does she cross a line? Here? Yes. If a teacher called you at four in the morning and was like, "Come to Washington D.C. with me," <laughs> but sneak out of the house so nobody knows. That's not cool.
0: <laughs> this is the one to. It doesn't strain uh like i i don't think it's crazy credulity. like i think it's, i think it's fine that it happens i do feel a little weird about it
1: it's weird she literally calls him before the parents are awake and it's like i'm going to washington i want you to come with me we're going to the smithsonian come with me and he's like i'll have to ask my parents first and she's like oh okay like, not like, go ask your parents if you can come to Washington with me, but, oh, right, right, right. go ask your parents if it's okay if you get in a car with a stranger before sunup and go down to Washington.
0: So that's what he does. <laughs> that's what <laughs> he, it is. He kind of gets a mumbled uh, permission. Yeah, he Mumbles.
1: deliberately asks his mom when she's not awake. She's like, yeah. <laughs> it, it, you mentioned, though, that the creek is rising. I do want to bring up that leading up to this, we have had a lot of talk about the fact that. Jesse is getting more and more scared to swing over the creek. Uh, Right. The the higher the water gets, the more scared he gets. And him conquering his fears and children conquering their fears is kind of a a running theme through this. And he Mm -hmm. doesn't want... He doesn't want uh leslie to know that he's afraid even though he's ashamed of the fact that he doesn't want her to know he's afraid because she's his best friend and he should be able to tell her things
0: and she wouldn't Uh, care he intellectually knows she would not care but she really wants to go to terabithia right he does not want to go to terabithia right now because it isn't safe it actually factually isn't safe
1: right but if you fall into this creek, bad things might happen and he knows this. Like the creek is 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 a running creek now. Yeah. Um, also when when his teacher calls him, he briefly wonders if he should invite Leslie to come along. Like that thought pops into his head and then he's like that, that part of him he wants this teacher all to himself. She's so pretty. She's so cool. He wants to spend the day alone, even though he knows that he would also enjoy the day if Leslie was there. But he wants her all to himself. Like, that's that. uh.
0: I was thinking about this and wondering if Jesse had been older, if there would have been a stronger sense of survivor's guilt. But there
1: is a strong sense of survivor's guilt because...
0: There is, but it is not specifically the... I would have been that. Like, I think when I was reading this, it was like, oh, he's going to be like, oh, if only I had brought her with me that day. But that's not really a train of thought he has.
1: He kind of thinks through that, but there's a lot more going on, too. There's too, too
0: like... much else going on for them to really focus on it. But yeah, uh... she, she brings... Uh, Miss Edmonds brings him to the National Gallery... Mm-hmm. they have ice cream they have what sounds like a super fun date which is a little uncomfortable <laughs>
1: uh they have what is called the perfect day
0: <laughs> oh oh the the cruelty of naming this chapter that that
1: and the... and uh, we get a picture i think of of miss Edmonds. we too. do she's, uh, beautiful. she's beautiful she's uh, beautiful uh but not in like a overtly beautiful You just, you look at her and you go yeah i could see where a kid would have a crush on her mm-hmm. um this is another part of the book where talking about books that act in concert with other form with other literature and I I do not bring this up as a joke pet cemetery the 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 chapter where Gage dies Ooh. in pet cemetery is I believe called the perfect day or they refer to it something like that and I have to believe that Stephen King who was a teacher who taught literature to kids in the late 70s, had to have known of the Bridge to Terabithia, and that this was an intentional allusion to the moments leading up to the death of a child. Because they he taught if it's if the chapter is not called that, they refer to it throughout Pet Cemetery as the perfect day. He had a perfect day with his family before his child died. Yeah.
0: He flew a kite with the kid.
1: Yeah. He uh, flew a
0: kite with Gage.
1: With Gage. I bring this up because he spends the perfect day with his teacher.
0: It really does sound wonderful. Like, uh, I would enjoy that day with pretty much anyone. If it was my favorite teacher that I had a big crush on, even more so. And he sort of floats home on a cloud. uh, They get ice cream. She drops him back off. Comes home. And his
1: dad's truck is in the driveway.
0: He doesn't really notice at first. Yeah. He doesn't notice that anything's awry until he walks inside, and everyone is staring at him. Yeah. His mother starts sobbing. and he Because is told they thought he yeah, was dead. They thought he was dead, because Leslie is dead.
1: Leslie died.
0: Leslie drowned die? in the creek.
1: Why did she fall in the creek?
0: Because the rope broke, and the creek was too high.
1: And that's where you're like i am i am what (laughs) like that is that point in the book where you as a reader start experiencing what jess as a character starts experiencing which is full-on shock and denial that anything happened
0: just cannot like even now thinking about this it's so well done because you Feel exactly like he does. You've been immersed in this world. You've been inside his head for this perfect day. And there have been calls calls back to Leslie, like, oh, I can't wait to tell her about this. Oh, Mm -hmm. go to Terabithia tomorrow now that it's the sun has come out. Because it's not it's not that it's sunny, but it's not raining anymore. So oh, it will be all ready to go tomorrow. I'll have so much to tell her. You he won't be able to, and he hasn't. He doesn't internalize that right away because he's so in shock that, oh, this must be a joke of some kind. I'm sure she's fine.
1: Uh, and he's so in shock that his sisters are horrible to him.
0: Of course they are. Uh,
1: he's he doesn't immediately start crying, so they start like yelling about the fact that he doesn't care that his best friend died. Uh, you just want to push them into a bush, like uh-huh. you just want them to 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 go away
0: <laughs> yes they're, they're very terrible bad characters. all of them are bad uh this is around the time i mean not around the time it's uh, the mabel the Mabel moment is like what crystallizes it what actually like makes it he goes
1: in. he has to go to leslie's house for the wake
0: yeah basically
1: uh and on his way out Mabel is just like are you gonna see the body and she's fascinated by this as a little child would be mm-hmm. uh this is her first experience with death. she doesn't understand that it's a sad thing she understands that it's a new thing and she's treating it like that brilliant characterization of a five-year-old six-year-old um and he goes to leslie's house her father is inconsolable obviously um pulls jesse to him and sobs which is more than a child can handle
0: yeah and more than once jesse's jesse feels like laughing yeah because this is so absurd he doesn't know that's why he feels like laughing but it's so unusual to him and he thinks about crying when bill is holding him then he thinks oh that's ridiculous to like a boy and a man crying together that's so silly
1: yeah, yeah, and that makes total sense that he would think yeah. that. Like his,
0: ev- his his reactions are precisely how a child would react, presumably because Katherine Patterson has seen all of this and knows yes. how to funnel that into beautiful literature. And also
1: how an adult would react. Like, oh, yeah. You forget that grief and shock are what they are when you're not in it, and then to read it is just like, she does it so well. She paints such a beautiful picture of this, Uh, It's so sad. He runs out of the house. He comes home. Mabel, how does the slap come to
0: Mabel? Asks, uh, like, uh, Mabel says something about how Leslie's going to go to hell.
1: Something like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And he hits her and
1: hard the hardest he's ever hit anything.
0: Yes. And obviously, he feels awful about this instantly. But this is also the moment where I was like, oh, this is like, this is real and I don't have Leslie anymore. Yeah. Uh, Yes.
1: His family is treating him well. And this is the moment where you are, as a reader, given the glimpse into the family of, oh, this is a loving family. Mm -hmm. They're just this is that point where the parents suddenly reveal themselves to be better at their jobs than we thought they were, because Mm -hmm. the house becomes a safe place for Jesse. And they let him process his grief in a way that, like, I don't know, a lot of parents I know wouldn't be able to let their kid. Mm-hmm. Like, they give him so much space. They don't want to make him do any chores. They don't know how to talk to him.
0: Mm-hmm. But, but they, they have don't... compassion, and you can and that's yeah. clear.
1: Uh, At least his parents do.
0: Yeah, right, right. <laughs> well, I guess, um, I guess
1: even Ellie and Brenda eventually start treating eventually. him like a human being.
0: Uh, it's around this time that he throws the paints into the water. Uh, yeah. And his father uh... this whole scene uh, yeah. Leslie has g- gave him a gift for Christmas as we mm-hmm. mentioned. It's a wonderful gift and he ends up throwing all of his art supplies that, that he's been gifted by Leslie into the creek because he's so mad. Yeah. And for a moment he hates her hmm and then he knows that he doesn't he does not hate her because he's had these kind of dueling thoughts like these, like oh now i'm the fastest kid in the fifth grade oh that's the worst thing anyone's ever thought and i'm a terrible yeah. person and it's at the creek where his dad finds him and then brings him back to the house yeah and he's just crumpled and this is also when his father assures him that no leslie's not in hell
1: um, the most horrific, sad line in the, in the book, uh, where his dad is, where he says he's afraid that Leslie would go to hell. And, uh, he says, do you believe people go to hell really go to hell? I mean, you ain't worrying about Leslie Burke. Well, Maybell said, Maybell, Maybell ain't God. Yeah, but how do you know what God does? Lord, boy, don't be a fool. God ain't going to send any little girls to hell. That was one of the moments where I was just like, a wreck. Um, I was a wreck because there's like such a gentle compassion in that Mm -hmm. statement. Like a parent, I am a sucker for any book or movie or... TV show, anything that deals with children's huge emotions, whether it's the Where the Wild Things Are movie, uh, a monster calls, anything that is like your grief, your rage, your anger is valid and you're allowed to feel that. Just saying that I'm just a mess. I'm waterworks Uh, letting a child and the fact that his his father is just like, you don't have to worry about anything. You don't have to be ashamed of anything. It's such a, like, as a reader, I'm just like, okay, thank you so much, (laughs) sir.
0: And like you said, we don't really get a denouement here, but Jesse begins processing his grief, first by saying goodbye to the Burke parents.
1: Uh Uh-huh, who move?
0: They move. He... Gifts them Prince Tarion because Bill the Bill uh seems sheepish about it but can't part with PT no and like
1: all he has left of his daughter
0: yes Jesse understands Bill gives uh gives Jesse uh, Leslie's art supplies says she would have wanted you to have them and all uh, books tells him that. Leslie wouldn't didn't know what she would have done without him. Yeah. It's. And, and then, uh, and, uh, this is, this is like this entire last couple chapters is just so particularly the final chapter where Jesse commends, uh, Leslie's spirit to the gods mm-hmm. of Terabithia and then invites Maybell to be the new queen.
1: Yeah, we get one last moment of of, of terror. He mm-hmm. he throws a log across the creek because the rope is broken. Right. Maybell breaks the rules and follows him across the log, but gets stuck on the log, and he has to rescue her. Um, and that's when he begins building the bridge. Yes. He builds an actual bridge across the, the creek. The titular bridge. The titular bridge to Terabithia, which is as has been pointed out by a million people like this is terabithia is a safe place it's a world away from the terror of his world away from the unfairness of his world it's a world where everything makes sense and so you have this dangerous passage across to it that only the bravest can go to terabithia by building a bridge to terabithia he's like uniting his two worlds he's like opening up like that is like the most blatant symbol of like of like a, of of growing older of of moving past grief of moving past hiding your love hiding he's he's granted the 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 permission to be who he is by his father he doesn't have to and his parents say and and bill and Judy uh, say like we knew you were going to this place like we're Ooh. adults we know what our kids are doing in the backyard like <laughs> you're literally just in the backyard it seems like another world to you but you're just across the creek of course the parents As as adults reading this, it's like, how much guilt do the adults feel knowing that they should have built a bridge for their kids? Like they shouldn't have let them swing across a dangerous rope time and again. If Jesse had invited Leslie along, eventually Leslie would have talked him into swinging over that rope and Jesse would have fallen into the creek. Or they both would have fallen into the creek and drowned. he would have jumped in after leslie and tried to save her who knows they thought he was dead because they thought he had tried to save her from drowning like this was a weird inevitability and the brilliance to me of bridge terabithia is that you don't expect it just like you don't expect a child to get struck by lightning in the middle of the day and suddenly not be in your life anymore and that Catherine peterson can write a book where you are given the feelings of Of losing a loved one, and then granted the grace of saying, but it's okay, you're going to be okay, this child's soul is going to be okay, and you can let people into your world, into your grief, in a three-hour read. (laughs) (sighs) What a gift.
0: I... It's a, like, I I don't always think about the books we read after we read them or the movies we watch or the TV shows or anything like that. Uh, I'm not going to stop thinking about this for like the next month or so. Like it's just going to be there because it is that kind of book. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: Tacoma Park Elementary School was the elementary school that uh, David Patterson and uh and little lisa hill went to school and after she died they planted a tree uh, in the front entrance in in memory of her uh and it was there was a plaque and everything and in 2004 the tree had to be cut down because it was sick and it it was dying and a lot of the kids didn't even know what the tree was there for because the plaque had had fallen off no one had ever replaced it uh And so in 2007, David Patterson and Catherine Patterson uh, went back to that school and planted a new tree and had a whole commemorative ceremony and brought Lisa's memory back to the community uh, because that's the whole reason the book exists, is because of this little girl who died young. And this was around the time that the movie was being was in pre-production. And so, yeah, like, it's wild that this that this school is real, that this little girl was real. We didn't even mention uh, Mrs. Myers, who had another moment in the book that wrecked me. She's like the loudmouth teacher who like who loves Leslie, but everyone else hates her. Who notices that Jesse is struggling and pulls him out of class and he thinks he's going to get in trouble. And the teacher starts crying and basically tells him when my husband died, everyone treated me. Like it was, it was hard. Like she basically says like, I know what you're going through Mm -hmm. and just deal with your grief the way you need to deal with it. The redemption arc for this teacher who is presented as nothing more than a pain in the ass to the kids who just weeps in front of her student because she sympathizes with him is Another just stroke of genius in this book. Just like genius, just genius. <laughs> it's just genius. It's a genius book.
0: <laughs> what's do you what's your recollection of the TV movie? It's not good. Okay. Right, it's so not like a, good. Interesting pivot that we're that we're taking here. Because we are going to watch that. It's not a it's not, it's
1: not even a movie. It's an hour long adaptation that was done for a PBS like we're going to adapt every children's book into right, an hour long special uh it was it was called uh it was called Wonderworks and Annette O'Toole is in it
0: Sure why not um Who We love <laughs> We love Annette O'Toole so uh I think yeah. we may be coming up on a holiday break here. Possible yeah. we'll do an episode next week. Almost certainly we'll not do the one after.
1: Right, cause For it's so I will holiday.
0: be in the mighty Midwest and uh, not looking at a screen as often as I possibly cannot be looking at a screen. Uh, but after that, probably do one next week. Maybe not. We'll see. Yeah, we'll but, see. You know.
1: But the Wonderworks family movie Bridge to Terabithia, Journey to a Secret Land of Friendship and Fantasy Bridge to Terabithia. hour long. It's an hour long. 57 minutes in and out. Boom, boom.
0: Can't wait. <laughs> All right. Uh, Pizza Toast Pod at Twitter. Pizza Toast Podcast on Facebook. There's an email address. Don't use it. I don't check it. I have to check like <laughs> five of those for work right now. Are you kidding me?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. What are we saying goodbye to? <laughs> Leslie? <laughs> Let's say goodbye. Just say goodbye. She's a beautiful child. She's a beautiful
0: child. Goodbye. I miss her already. Goodbye, Leslie. Goodbye.